Hello and welcome to Red Couch Manx. I'm Vivek Jacob, joined by Carl Mascarenas, and we are here to talk about a whole bunch of good news for Manchester United. Finally, the saga is over. Jaden Sancho is a Red Devil. Carl, how does it feel to know that this transfer is finally over the line? I feel ecstatic. I am so happy. Now all that's left to do is perform out there on the pitch. I hope he's like a fine wine, you know, the longer it takes, the better it tastes. So I really <laughs> hope that this transfer has whetted our appetite. You look at him going to Borussia Dortmund and everything that comes with that. Dortmund have established themselves as maybe the premier feeder club in all of football. Young players go there, they get better. They move on to bigger and better things. And you look at Jaden Sancho, what he's accomplished the last few years, just to read off a few numbers. In four seasons at Dortmund, he notched 57 assists and created 65 big chances. The 65 big chances, just to give you some perspective, since the start of the 2017-18 season, while Sancho has had those 65, Marcus Rashford and Anthony Marshall have combined for 76. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so obviously, you know, they are different types of players. Marshall and Rashford are more uh, your goal scoring type. But that's where Sancho can fit in so perfectly, creating those opportunities for the players who want to get in amongst the goals. Not to say he can't score goals, but... That productivity that he can offer from that side of the pitch, if he's teeing up the likes of Cavani, Marcus Rashford, I'm sure he'll line a few up for Bruno and Pogba as well. It speaks to what we've talked about over the course of the season of having multiple threats. And this is something that won't just have a positive impact on that forward line that we talked about. It makes it difficult for opponents to now defend not just Bruno, not just Pogba, but they have to account for Jaden Sancho as well. Because how many times did we see, oh, okay, Pogba's not on the pitch. They're going to man-mark Bruno, take him out, and United's creativity dissipates. Oh, okay, Bruno and Pogba are together. Okay, this is a challenge. Now you add Sancho to that mix, it is going to be very, very difficult to keep United from scoring goals. Yeah, not to mention, Vivek, that United, if you're able to shut down their left side, most of their attacking threat can be nullified because we knew the right side was the weaker of the two. Now, you've just added another layer of complexity for defenses to organize themselves. You mentioned, you know, the man marking opening up a lot of space. Well, you've also now opened up a lot more space for Luke Shaw, to make those overlapping runs because now defenses are going to have to pick and choose, you know? They can't just load it on one side and hope for the best. That's, I think, what the bottom half Premier League teams were doing and they were really stifling us and it needed a moment of magic most of the time to make that breakthrough. So lots of, uh, lots of avenues opened up as a result of this transfer, Vivek. Now, I think we can get into... Our bigger discussion for this episode, we want to focus on the attacking players, obviously with Jaden Sancho now becoming a part of the club. Uh, just to you know, confirm the details, it is 73 million pounds. It is a five-year deal with an option for a sixth. 
So hopefully it's a long-term marriage that brings some long, long awaited trophies. Looking at the attacking players for this one, we are going to focus on Marcus Rashford, Edinson Cavani, Mason Greenwood, Anthony Marshall, and of course, Jadon Sancho. We'll save Bruno and Pogba for another episode where we can maybe even get into the defensive midfielders as well. But for now, with this lot, does it spell doom for Anthony Marshall? Let's start there. I think, Vivek, a telltale sign on what's going to happen is I want to see what the squad numbers are going to be. Do we know <laughs> what Jaden Sancho is going to get? Well, he's requested number seven, but nothing has been confirmed. And obviously, as we know, Edinson Cavani is the man wearing number seven right now. Yeah, and if, if he requests number seven, I have a feeling Edinson is probably going to want that number nine. <laughs> <laughs> we all know who's had it. He, it wouldn't be the first time he's lost it, by the way. <laughs> and I think that's the nail on the head right there, right? The fact that he has lost it. He wanted it. He got it. He had a very good finish to the season last, the previous year in 2019-20. And we're thinking, okay, let's see him carry that momentum into 2020-21. And he was unable to do so. He got the starting job and he just failed to produce. We saw the lack of confidence. We saw, you know, different moments that just took him out of it. Obviously, there was the red card against Tottenham early in the season. But even other opportunities that he had after Edinson Cavani had earned the starting spot, there was that period where Cavani got hurt. Marshall wasn't really able to provide anything. So obviously, later on, he gets hurt himself. And so he was never able to get back into the fold. But... For the opportunities that he had, I don't think there's any way you can't label this a very disappointing season. Yeah, Vivek, I think, you know, to, to give you some sort of perspective, Martial had seven goals this season. Scott McTominay had seven goals this season. <laughs> Scott McTominay is a defensive midfielder. So there's a little bit of perspective. If some people think that we're being a little harsh, um, yeah, we're not. So if you had to guess, if, if you if some if you were in a rapid fire right now, yes or no, Anthony Marshall is at the club to start next season. Yes, he is at the club next season. I think Ole is going to give him one final shot. He's going to tell him, hey, you've lost your starting spot. Let's see what you can do. If anybody can say that to Anthony, it's Ole. He's been in that position where he's come off the bench. He's proven himself. He's shown what you can do with the little bit of time you've got. Hey, go show me you can do the same thing. Show me how badly you want to play for Manchester United. Because, you know what? There's a pretty long list of attacking players. We haven't even talked about Ahmad Diallo yet. So, <laughs> And it's a little early for him. You know, it might be the right time for him to go out on loan. But back to the point, Anthony Martial, you've lost a spot. Let's see if you can go and get it back. For him, he needs to recognize that he can't just be looking for that striker position. You look at Mason Greenwood now, he will be competing for minutes on the right side with Jadon Sancho. He will be competing for striker minutes with Edinson Cavani primarily. Anthony Marshall has to suck it up and recognize that, okay, I can try and compete for minutes with Edinson Cavani up top. But I've also shown that I can be effective on that left side. Put your ego aside. And stop saying that I am a striker. I have to be a striker. 
show that you can be effective on that left side and create more opportunities for yourself. Vivek, do you think he's going to be at the club? Yes, I think it's going to be a little short of a window to move him. So unless there's a swap deal to address some of the other needs that United have, I do anticipate him being at the club to start the season. I wouldn't rule out a January move where you know United are feeling good about their positions and have everything addressed uh, up front. And so they feel like, okay, Anthony Marshall is dispensable. And maybe there's another club that, you know, they feel short on striking resources during that January window and they're willing to fork up some cash for him. I can see that possibility. But to start the season, I think Marshall will be at the club. I think he will be unhappy because he's going to be behind quite a few players for minutes. But hey, you're at a point now where what the club is looking to do is bigger than any individual concerns. And so you can look at, and I think this is the next player we can move to, Mason Greenwood. He had a very strong finish to this season. He showed great potential in the season prior. He would have had every argument to say, hey, why are you worried about Sancho? I'm here. Let me take over that right wing position. Instead, no, we're trying to get to a certain level at this club. We have a player that we feel that can make this club better. And so we're going to go out and get him. If you want to compete with him for minutes, great. If you want to compete with Cavani for minutes, great. But this is the challenge that we are going to lay out to all our players now. What do you think is the next step in Mason Greenwood's development? I think he showed flashes of it when he was able to get out of his rut. And we had talked about this where he was so hungry to get back amongst the goals that his head was down constantly, just trying to figure out a way to create a shot for himself. And it was always shoot first, shoot first, shoot first. We kept saying, the goals will come. You're too pure a striker of the ball with either foot for the goals not to come. Play naturally. If the pass is there to be made, make the pass. And then he started queuing up some of his teammates. And when those passes started working out, guess what? The defenders have to be wary of that. They can't just zero in on him. And now that opens up space for him to get in amongst the goals. So I think if he can continue to maintain that aspect of his game, that will be the biggest improvement for him. Yeah, consistency is the one for me, Vivek. I mean, he's a young guy. He's had two seasons now. And in both seasons, he's really kicked on late on in the season. I want to see that level throughout the season, and especially in the beginning of the season. I think if he can do that, he's going to be absolute dynamite. He might even overtake Marcus Rashford for me. Because from a finishing standpoint, we know Mason Greenwood is probably first or second at the club. It's between him and Edison Cavani. Next, you look at Marcus where he's got the edge over Mason is just in that pace, running at speed with those moves that he's got. He's untouchable at times. And Mason Greenwood, what he has in his locker is that a defender cannot guess which foot he's going to shoot with. And as a defender, that is a nightmare because you can be left on your backside very quickly if you fall for one of his moves. (laughs) The other aspect of his game that he needs to continue to develop is obviously the physical strength. He 
made certain strides from the 2019-20 season to the 2020-21 season. He's going to have to continue that as well. The one thing I would ask you is, where do you see him in terms of striking that balance? Because he can be a bit slippery. And so ensuring he maintains that part of his game, that lightness on his feet, while also getting stronger. Vivek, I, I definitely think that he needs to go to the gym. And this is where I think Marcus, when he came into the team as well, he was a scrawny kid who needed to fill into his body. And I would say that if you can get to like a Marcus Rashford level where he's got the muscle, but not too much to slow him down, I think that's a good level because I don't think a Mason Greenwood is ever going to be a bulldozer like a Lukaku. He needs to be strong enough to be able to hold the ball up. One example I can give you just watching these Euros that have been going on. You look at the Swedish striker, Isak. Wiry guy, tall. But he's able to hold that ball up for the defense to get get up the field. And he's not the biggest guy. So I think if Mason Greenwood could get to that level where he's able to use his body to shield, if a defender is going to go through him, he's going to get the foul. So either way, he's doing his job. What would you say are expectations for Mason Greenwood next season, knowing that he is going to be behind Jadon Sancho and Edinson Cavani for those positions that he prefers to play? Expectations are that he has to do better than this season. To give you an idea, in the Premier League, he scored seven goals and he had two assists. I would want him to have 10 goals in the Premier League next season. I think that's a realistic target for him. He is going to get the game time. If we plan on going deep in competitions, we're going to have to use our squad wisely. So 10 goals, and if he gets around 3, 4 assists, I'm good with that. To give you an idea, Edinson Cavani had 10 goals and 3 assists in the Premier League last season. I think if Mason can give us those numbers, I would be happy with that. What about you? I think that's a perfect assessment. Obviously, we don't know how injuries and all that will play out, but... At this point, assuming that he will be behind Cavani and Sancho, being in sort of that super sub role, someone who can provide a spark, get the odd start here and there, I think that's a completely reasonable expectation to have. So I'm completely with you on that. Let's flip over to the other side, Marcus Rashford. We know he's not the finisher that Mason Greenwood is. But we've seen, as you mentioned, that improvement in being able to hold off defenders, trick defenders, even make the pass when he sees it. There's been an improvement from the 2019-20 season. What we haven't seen is improvement with the left foot, improvement with his heading. Is that your main source of concern or is that your main source of where you can draw contentment from in Marcus Rashford's improvement for next season? Yes and yes. You read my (laughs) mind perfectly. I was going to tell you he needs to get better with his heading and his left foot. And you basically took everything I wanted to say. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely improved every single season that he's played with the team. Some of the complaints that we had at the beginning of the season was he was a little too selfish He wasn't passing the ball enough and his decision-making needed to improve. And I think throughout the course of the season, that did improve. 
If I told you that Marcus Rashford had 11 goals and 9 assists in the Premier League last season, would you be astounded by that? I wouldn't say necessarily just uh, shocked. I mean, I, that's where we noticed the progression. I think that's the advantage we had when we were breaking down match after match and we were seeing these little details come through for a player, right? So I would say, you know, compared to what my expectations were going into the season, I would be surprised. If someone told me at the beginning of the season that Marcus Rashford is going to have just as many goals as assists, then I would tell you, yeah, I would be extremely surprised if that happened. So at the end of the day, I think he has another level to go to, especially with the finishing. But if he can continue to be a threat with the ball at his feet and understand, we know we know that he has a great relationship with Jaden Sancho. So I think there might be something to learn from Jaden Sancho as well. We We mentioned how Sancho is more of a goal creator than a goal scorer. So if they spend time together and they get to understand each other in that regard, I think it can help Marcus Rashford. He's already spending time with Edinson Cavani. If he can learn some of the tricks of the trade of finishing when you have the opportunity in front of net, especially with your head, it's a key season for Rashford in that sense, just being able to pick on the brains of those two. Vivek, switching gears a little bit, looking at another striker, we know Edinson Cavani has signed a one-year extension. This is a little tricky because we know he's gone after this year. Him staying the, the extra year was a little bit of a surprise, if I'm being honest. You've got youngsters now in the pecking order with Mason Greenwood coming up, Anthony Alanga as well. What kind of role should Edinson be playing? Should he be starting? We said Martial's lost a starting spot. So what are your expectations? My expectations are to compete and to win. I think Cavani is at the top of the list as a striker. I think there's still plenty that can be learned from the youngsters you mentioned from him. And so if you have a striker like that going into the start of the season, he can be a difference maker. He can get you those goals early to set the right tempo for the season. Start the group stage off in the Champions League the right way. Not that United didn't start the right way last time around, mm-hmm. <laughs> but hopefully that uh, this time they can finish the job too. I think that is the one you want setting the tempo early in the season. We talked about having leaders across the pitch. You look at Dean Henderson, likely the number one keeper to start the season, his communication. You look at Harry Maguire in the back, Bruno in the middle, and then someone like Edinson Cavani up top. You have leaders across the pitch, and I don't think you can set a price on that. So while he's here, as you mentioned, he's only here for another season, most likely. So let's empty that tank. Absolutely. So last season in the Premier League, he had 10 goals and three assists. What do you want him to achieve this season, barring injury? Barring injury, I think Cavani has a 20-goal season in him. You know, I think people will say that's high, but I think that highly of him. I think he's genuinely world-class still. We saw that over the course of the season when he was healthy, and that's the big question mark. How many matches will he be healthy for? Now, to finish off the point in terms of expectations for him, this stat I saw on BBC I thought was phenomenal. 
So again, going back since the start of the 2017-18 season, which isn't too long ago. Minutes per goal involvement. Marcus Rashford, 197. Anthony Marshall, 201. Mason Greenwood, 202. Jaden Sancho, who's now in the mix, 198. So they're all hovering around that 200-minute mark. Edinson Cavani, 121. Wow. (laughs) Staggering. So when you've got someone who is that effective at getting the ball in the back of the net, he's absolutely the number one option for me. What about you? It's a tricky one because you've got these United fans on one side who are like, hey, you know what? We're all about youth and we need to continue with the youth movement. And why why give these minutes away when this guy's no longer going to be at the club? You know my stance, Vivek. I want to win and I want to win now. I don't want to win in five years. I want to win now. And Edinson is not getting any younger. This is our best shot. I mean, it's absolutely staggering. He scored 10 goals and, and he had three assists. He played 26 games in total, where 13 games he started and 13 games he came off the bench. That's just mind-blowing. That's that's reminiscent of our manager, if I, if I say so that myself. And keep in mind, he missed the beginning of the season because he had to gain his fitness. And so when you take that into account, when you play a couple of matches, you're not going to be sharp. It's going to take you at least, you know, I'd say five, six games to get your rhythm going. He also had that suspension in the middle uh, with the the whole Instagram fiasco and the words being used. And so he had a couple of stoppages in there. I think, you know what? 20 goals is definitely achievable for him because this, this guy keeps himself in good shape. So 20 goals from him, 10 goals from Mason, 20 goals from Marcus. You know, that's a lot of goals, man. Hey, listen, Cavani's banging him in in the Copa America too. So this man's not stopping. Maybe that is one area that, of concern that you would have, right? At this age, the fact that he's been going nonstop, you you wonder. But hey, that's why United have the resources, right? And hopefully they can take care of his body. If you prioritize the EPL and the Champions League for him, and then you say the cup competitions are where you focus on Greenwood getting those starting minutes, at least the domestic cup competitions. I think that's where, you know, you can manage his body properly. Vivek, just talking about some of the fringe players that we need to make a decision on what we want to do with them. You've got Elanga and you've got Diallo. Facundo Palistri as well. What uh, what would you like to see from them? Because they are pretty young and a little, a little raw, especially given that this is a Premier League where physicality is a big component. I would say Palestri is probably in line for a loan and getting minutes and gaining experience. Elanga is a possibility for that. I would say a key part of that depends on... I, I would say both Elanga and Diallo, a key part of their involvement with the senior club depends on what happens with Anthony Marshall. Because obviously, if Marshall's not in the picture, it puts more an emphasis on Greenwood on Diallo, on, on them just being ready, being sharp. Diallo is probably the, the most ready prospect, I would say, because of his ability that I've seen so far to handle physicality. He's not intimidated by it whatsoever. He will take someone cl- clattering into him, no problem. I think that's the most encouraging thing. I think he's very skillful on the ball. 
His ball control is exceptional. So he would be the most ready prospect in my eyes. And he's one that I wouldn't consider for a loan spell at all. Completely agree with you, Vivek. If you look at some of the top teams and if you want to go far in competitions, you need two solid players for every position. On the left, let's say you're looking at Rashford and Martial. They also interchange with striker, though. On the right, you've got Mason and Sancho. You know, fantastic options. Up front, you've you literally only got Cavani, who can interchange with Martial and Rashford. So you're still missing one depth player, and I think that's why you need an Ahmad Diallo to remain. You've also got Dan James, which which I you know he he's he's come off really well of late at the end of the season. I I remember I called him a one trick pony at the beginning. I, I have a feeling he was listening to this podcast because he started to develop a couple more tricks after that. <laughs> but he's also another exciting prospect. And I believe that he will stay at the club. So I think Alanga and Palestri have to go out on loan, get some experience. Be interesting to see what happens with Dan James, to be honest, because is he going to get lost? Even though he's 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 shown glimpses, I honestly think that Dan, Dan James could benefit from a loan in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I would rather loan him out than Diallo as well. And yeah, you think about the positional needs now. I, I think United can feel very confident about where they are up top. So I think a loan spell could do him well. Minutes especially are the key thing for all these young guys. So if if they're not in use, you want to maximize the the time that they have to develop as well carl to wrap up we got to finish with some euro talk we saw a magical monday with croatia versus spain and then france versus switzerland an incredible round of 16 on the whole and i'm sure the cherry on top was you watching england finally defeat germany in a knockout match at a major competition long time coming vivek First time since 1966. <laughs> and it was a, a thoroughly deserved performance. I thought the tactics were spot on. They controlled the game in the manner they wanted to. It was a very unlike Germany performance. They usually t- have a few chances and they take it. They're so clinical. That Thomas Muller chance is going to haunt them. Because that, that would have been a completely different game if that had gone in. It would have been 1-1. And then you know how the English are when the nerves are out. The crowd is on their back. They can choke very easily. But that didn't happen because he didn't put it on target. So all in all, fantastic. The round of 16 was one of the best I have seen in a long time. The quality was fantastic. The number of goals, the entertainment. I mean, you talk about that Monday. Man, you couldn't ask for anything more. You had everything you wanted to. You had an underdog winning. You had two fantastic comebacks where you were two goals down. Extra time. One went to penalties. Goals galore. I mean, we had it all. We were spoiled. I I really hope that the quarterfinals doesn't let us down now. Yeah, it almost seems too good to be true, right? Like, how can there be any better matches left after this? But, hey, that's been the beauty of this tournament so far. Every time you think it's going to be... You know, oh, you know, this match maybe doesn't have so much appeal. I'll point to maybe that Group F madness that happened. Everyone was anticipating that, 
but maybe one of the best matches on the day was that Sweden Poland match that ended three two. Mm-hmm. And now same thing. You you look at a match like France Switzerland. France go up three one, and you're thinking, wow. After Switzerland miss a penalty, then France take the momentum with three goals the way they scored them. There's no way Switzerland can recover from this. Pekovic, I mean that man deserves some sort of special recognition from Switzerland. He made all the right calls. And we've been saying this about other managers in this tournament, about being brave and making the calls that clearly need to be made. Shakiri is a Swiss idol. And it could have been so easy for him to say, hey, this is potentially his last match. Let him be out there on the pitch. And, and just whatever happens, happens. No, he said, we're trying to win this game. He takes Shakiri off. And then the sub he brings on is the one who scores the big goal. Everything he touched turned to gold. And I think that match sums up the tournament better than any other. Vivek, that's an excellent point. This Swiss coach, he's not going to get the plaudits he deserves. But man, did he make some brave calls. Like Just thinking back to what you were saying, taking off some of their star players. How many, how many managers do that? It's so rare. But for him to do that, it shows the cojones he's got on him. We hope that Solskjaer can now maybe take a lesson from that as he goes into the next season. We saw maybe, you know, he could have been a bit braver with his substitutions over the course of the 2020-21 season. And now as we head into a season where some might say it's trophy or bust, we need to see some of those big calls being made by him as well. Carl, I think that just about wraps it up. A reminder to everyone, we are on Twitter at Red Couch Manx. Be sure to follow us on there. If you enjoy the show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and join us after every match. Reviews and ratings are greatly appreciated. On behalf of Carl and myself, thank you for listening to Red Couch Manx. It's coming home.